0: movie fans and welcome back to another episode of the untraded media podcast so this thursday night the suicide squad is dropping on hbo max and in theaters i get to see it opening night josh I believe you said you got your tickets for opening night of the Suicide Squad, or was that just the Green Knight that you also It was got just
1: here? the Green Knight. I'm uh because of the way that my theaters are right now, I have to like do it the week of, unfortunately.
0: Okay. But in honor of the Suicide Squad coming yeah. out this weekend, we thought we'd kind of reevaluate the DCEU, which to put it mildly, has not gotten off to the best start, even though it's officially started eight years ago now with Man of Steel. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been the most mapped out plan, I don't believe. So no. Josh and I took it upon ourselves just to have some fun with this of if we were approached by Warner Brothers circa 2010, 2011, and they said, map out the next 10 to 15 years of the world of DC. We know it's a yeah. big undertaking. How are you doing this? So that's what Josh and I did. Uh, And I don't want to speak for Josh, but it come, kind of comes across a bit like we just... Did a copy and paste for a Marvel strategy. But at the end of the day, yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've never understood the fan mentality of, well, the other studio's doing it, so we can't do that. I'm like, Marvel and DC have a history of copying each other for years. And if you still make good movies that are clearly different tonally from the other studio,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what's what's wrong with trying to work with a roadmap that's working for them I'm trying to apply it to yourself? So, we're both super, super amped for this. I'm hoping and I'm thinking that both of our general story outlines are different but certain key moments, I'm sure, will be the same. Yeah, um, probably. So we're very, very excited to go over that. We've got a lot of interesting news to go over this week. Um, I'll try not to break into a rant, but um, no promises here. But before we get into all that, Josh, you already partially introduced yourself tonight. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm chilling, my dude. Uh, sh- should I bring up the running gag you and I discussed <laughs> right before we went online?
0: All the audio people are just going, what? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't understand. Um, so, I, it's it's become a running gag between Nathan and I that that I'm in a different location, literally, I, like I'm never in the same location one like uh, from one episode to the next, uh, and that's just because this is my life, and uh, it's uh that's how it is. So.
0: So next week, uh, Josh will be joining us from the trunk of a car somewhere, and he'll just. <laughs> Be giving us the best possible audio from I don't know, Say Ted less. Bundy's trunk somewhere.
1: I mean the trunk of my new car is uh, pretty spacious.
0: Oh you've got Ooh. a new car.
1: Yeah. Tell us about that. I... You said yeah, on the pod that, that you're see. looking. Yeah, um I ended up getting a black 2013 Sky On FRS. It's
0: uh I'm gonna a pretend car. I know what that is.
1: Here, <laughs> I'm I'll, not a I'll, car... send, I'll send you a picture. I'm it's not a cool car looking. person, but I'm like twenty thirteen. Not bad. It's dude, 2013 with only 97,000 miles on it? That's good. That's a, that's a good deal. Now, granted, I'm going to be paying a pretty penny, but that's not the point. Um, point is that I am too cool for school now. So, um, <laughs> have you been watching anything this past
0: week? Quite a bit. Um, Josh and yeah. I both saw The Green Knight. Oh, um, boy. So, yeah, I saw. The Green Knight, and I saw Jungle Cruise, and I feel like there's yes. something else that I saw. Let me let me refer back to my ever-growing list because I do in fact keep tabs on everything I watch. It makes it easier for stuff at the end of the year. Uh, what did I watch? I felt like I watched some something besides that. Oh, uh, the Long Halloween Part Two.
1: Oh yeah. Eh. Yeah, that's it, why you didn't remember it.
0: It's a better <laughs> adaptation than Hush, which. I mean, that's fair. Isn't saying much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was not the biggest fan of Hush. Um, yeah, which one do you want to talk about first? The Great Night or Jungle Cruise?
1: Well, you and I didn't get to, ha- we didn't have a chance to talk about um, the uh, jo- Jungle Cruise. So mm. how was, how was, I obviously I'm not a, very good about watching the videos on the channel, unfortunately. Clearly. But clearly. Um, for those that don't know, uh Nathan put up reviews for both the Green Na- the Green Knight and Jungle Cruise that you guys should go check I was, out. Yeah, I was busy this weekend. <laughs> apparently yeah, you were, my dude. Um but yeah, how was jo- how was Jungle Cruise? Um as I put in my log.
0: Um it is about what you would expect. If you like the trailers and kind of what they're going for there, I think you'll like the movie. It is very much just like they took the leftover bits from Pirates and the Mummy and just Kind of like merge them into one. Because I said from the first trailer, I'm like, huh. It's kind of weird that this strong, intelligent British woman with her kind of skeezy and annoying British brother seek out the help of a scoundrel to find them a treasure. Hmm. (laughs) Which also, I should say this, your enjoyment of the movie, at least in parts, may depend on your enjoyment of the ride. Because it is for the first third of it a pretty good jungle cruise adaptation in terms of this will be right up josh's alley jungle cruise is known for its bad puns and they milk it for everything it's worth in the first third of this movie which i loved so much of uh, their scenes of the rock taking people on river cruises and he's just like that over there that's sandstone but some people take it for granite and i'm just going yeah! yes Yes. It's so bad. And, oh, but that's what the Jungle Cruise is known for. The problem is once the adventure gets going, the dad jokes just kind of stop. They have, like, one later when they get into headhunter territory where they bring up the old classic joke of it's a terrible place to be headed. And I'm going, yes.
1: (laughs) But they kind of just
0: drop it off.
1: (laughs) That's a solid joke. Man, that could like if you're not paying attention, that's the kind of joke that just go over your head.
0: See, they didn't do the one joke that I do like from The Ride of there's a guy that sells shrunken heads and they're always just like, "Oh yeah, that's Trader Sam. He's got a great deal for you. Two of his heads for one of yours." And I'm going
1: <laughs>
0: They didn't do that joke, but the they get away from the the puns and a lot of the references to The Ride once they start The Adventure, which kind of just is whatever. It wasn't bad. The Rock and Emily Blunt have great chemistry. Um, I will say there's a twist in the Jungle Cruise that I actually didn't see coming. Um, But again, without dipping into spoilers, it is recycling quite a bit of the Pirates material in its twist without saying too much. Uh, There are some really wasted characters like Paul Giamatti. Josh and I love Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. doesn't need to be in this movie at all and he's really really pointless uh my other big takeaway is good god what did you do with this cg like you have the jungle book that came out in 2016 and now you've got the jungle cruise five years later and it looks terrible there's a cheetah character that is involved in the main in the movie and is an important side character we've seen much better looking cheetahs uh the crewmen of davy jones's locker look better than the evil conquistadors in this i'm just going yeah this ain't the best cg what what happened here guys as a whole it's it's honestly not that bad if you have any interest in seeing it whatsoever i'd say go see it if you're kind of on the fence about it i'd say check it out once it's on disney plus for free basically don't pay 30 bucks for it but it yeah it's it's a mildly fun time
1: okay well that's it's better than I could have hoped for. <laughs> I again, think uh, you probably he, had a better time with that than you did with uh, Green Knight.
0: Uh, last thing before we move to Green Knight, if you want to watch a good uh, The Rock adventure movie, just watch the Jumanji movies again, basically. like It's uh, not as good That's Jumanji, true. essentially, is what I kind of think. But yeah, as Josh brought up, we both saw The Green Knight because it was bo- on both of our lists of the most anticipated movies of the year. And I think both of us are just like not getting the buzz on this one because so many people are hyping this thing up of like this is the best movie of the year this is spectacular i'm going from a technical standpoint sure but also maybe it's just a personal preference thing i think at times being artsy for the sake of being artsy is kind of pretentious and i think this movie feels a little pretentious at times now if you disagree that's totally awesome But I think at times, it's a little too vague in what the heck is going on. Like, this isn't a spoiler, but there's a random scene with giants that I was just like, okay, does this really need to be in here? Nothing's being added to this. This is just kind of cool cinematography for the sake of it. Um, But yeah, Josh, how would you sum up your thoughts on The Green Knight?
1: I, is it well acted? Absolutely. Oh, Dev Patel's like, going to be a star someday. Is, dude, like, and every, and honestly, everybody in this film Although is acting their our
0: boy, off. our boy Joel Edgerton got shortchanged so bad.
1: Yeah, but he got a kiss out of it. Um,
0: But, okay, <clears throat> without delving too much into spoilers here for those that don't know the movie or the story the character Joel Edgerton plays in this movie is supposed to have a much bigger role. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to say it for those that either are interested in this movie or if you're curious at all, look up the original story. He's supposed to be a much bigger character, which I was kind of really interested to see how they pull that off in the movie and they don't even address it. They almost kind of hint at his true nature in, towards the tail end, but... Yeah, as Josh and I have said numerous times, we are diehard Joel Edgerton fans. I kind of felt like he was wasted, uh, but he, his his acting was still phenomenal. As was all
1: the of Patel is fantastic. Uh, it's a beautiful movie to look at, yeah. As well, like the cinematography, incredible. The music when it's there, great. Uh, I just like you said, at times feels really, really vague. There's at times that uh, it's so boring. And like that's saying a lot. And like I felt bad because I was like, I'm interested in this character, and what I'm seeing in front of me is absolutely gorgeous, but I kinda wanna take a nap right now.
0: And Um, before some people just be like, that's just A twenty four. No, because Josh and I love A24. We love the Vavitch. We love the Lighthouse. We love Hereditary. Like, we, we've we come to expect slow burn from A24. This was, I felt like, almost too slow burn. And it's not like I went in expecting a big swashbuckling adventure. I knew what to expect from both the story and from A24. I will also say, again, without tipping the spoilers, the ending got dangerously close to losing me. Of, like, mm-hmm. rage quitting. And I think that was the intent. But I didn't feel the ending was satisfying enough to justify the rage that I almost felt.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Which I had heard going into it that the ending might leave some people frustrated with how ambiguous it is. I'm, because I'm an optimistic person and I've read this story, I'm choosing to believe it has a happy ending. And it kind of hints at a happy ending. And mm-hmm. I didn't need a definitive resolution. I just would have liked something a little more definitive than what we got and there's there's a certain scene for those that have seen it there's a certain scene that i think goes on a little a little too long that by the time it's over you feel a little cheated again it's hard to describe fully but i think josh knows what i'm talking about yeah
1: yeah there's the last 30 minutes is very interesting to me like the last well there's like a 15 minute period where there's no talking whatsoever period um towards the end and i still don't there's i think that's the thing i still don't know how i feel like about a majority of this movie same i i want to see it again but i also don't want to see it again
0: yeah I, uh just as yeah. a whole i i we really like a24 a24 and Blumhouse are some of our favorite studios, but they neither of them bat a thousand. And I I don't want to say this is a miss for the Green Knight. I've seen a lot of people really react well to it. I think just for Josh and I, it just didn't hit the mark yeah. for us personally. Um,
1: well, from, uh, the one again, thing I will say too is, in order for it to be a slow burn, there has to be a fire at the end. Oh,
0: and I don't think... That's a good it, if, line. Hey,
1: thanks. Um I don't see the thing is even about slow burn. The tension feels like it's on eleven the whole time, the Mm. whole time, and that's why I think it's hard to distinguish what you enjoy about it because it's there's no dip and or change of emotions at all.
0: Well, at least the Green Knight looked awesome. Yeah, I need a pop figure of that. He looked amazing.
1: Mm. I want the axe really bad.
0: Now, we mentioned slow burn. This, our first news topic, has devolved from slow burn to straight up explosive fireworks in the sky, massive destruction and damage potentially of, well, didn't even know this was a brewing war coming, but now here we are in that Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow herself, is suing Disney for basically lost damages for the box office of Black Widow and... Disney, to put it mildly, basically issued like the most unprofessional response and has been so petty and really shown their true colors lately. So basically, what has happened is Scarlett Johansson and her representatives are suing Disney for saying, you uh, violated our contract when you said that Black Widow was going to be a theatrical release. Then you said you did put it in theaters, but you put on Disney Plus for 30 bucks the same day. First of all, I've just gotten a new profound level of respect for Scarlett Johansson right now. One, for standing her ground and basically saying, no, you owe me more money that's rightfully earned to me. But more importantly, she's done all this after the movie's come out and after it's been out for a little bit. She's clearly had this issue for quite a while, but she had the professionalism and the class and the respect to her employers to go... You screwed me. But I'm still going to do what's right. I'm still going to promote this movie. I'm still going to... I'm not going to air my dirty laundry until the movie comes out like a professional. Then we'll see where the chips lie. Like, she could have... Like, two weeks before the movie comes out, because it was no secret this was going to Disney+. Plus. We had known for months. She could have just been like, no. I want my money, and I want it now because you sabotaged my movie. Because Disney did Christian? sabotage this movie. Um. Yeah. Straight up. But good on her for being a good professional worker and going, okay, we will let the chips fall where they may. And then after the box office has come out, then we can address this. I think maybe she was still kind of optimistic that maybe Disney would come to their senses. Um, But with each passing day, this situation gets worse and worse. Because when we first heard about it, it was Scarlett Johansson was suing Disney. Then Disney the next day comes out with what i will go on record saying as one of the most classless, unprofessional, absurd and just downright rude rebuttals, quote unquote rebuttals i've ever seen from a pr company. whoever put out this statement should be fired. it's that disgusting. of uh, Really? The,
1: I haven't seen the statement so, so basically
0: I, I don't. Disney came out and said this these uh, allegations of breach of contract by Scarlett Johansson are completely untrue. And in this era of COVID where people are dying, uh, how dare she ask for more money? To which I'm going, shut up, Disney. You've been open for months and you haven't turned people away from the parks a single time. Then Disney comes out and goes, she had the, um, because this movie came out in theaters and Disney Plus, she had the potential to earn more money. Um, going, basically saying, well, because this movie came out, you're getting more exposure, so you could earn more money. Not that we're going to give you more money, but you could potentially down the road through another company earn more money. And then worst of all, oh my God, do you not do this? Because this is a big red flag. They straight up told the general public what she got paid for Black Widow. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, that's wrong. They said, Scarlett Johansson's demanding this money in addition to the 20 million she was already paid for this movie. Like they're trying to get us to feel bad that she got paid 20 million, and is asking for more. To which me, I'm going, holy crap! She only got paid 20 million for this, and some people are going, 20 million's plenty. No, no, no. For a character that's been in the MCU for almost 10 years now, she'd get veteran status in this franchise, in this whole MCU. But more importantly, she was a freaking producer in this movie. At a producer's wage on top of an actor's wage. She's heavily involved with this production. And then you just go, nah, she's good for $20 million. No, if Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr., uh, if this happened to them, no, Disney would have resolved this immediately. I don't like to pull the sexist card too often, but this reeks of, okay, she's a woman. Like, this does not seem fair to me. And also... Go for it, Charles. Yeah, I've got more know, to say on this, but <laughs> no, you're good. Like, That's
1: just like you can't like you. The, if you're getting sued for a breach of contract, I'm pretty sure you also cannot share legal information as far as compensation. That's not something you can do to the general public. Like, what do you what? What do you do? What? In the, if anything, they're giving Scarlett a stronger case. Like, what are you doing, bro?
0: And they'll, and they'll come out and say, well, because of COVID, no, a contract is a contract no matter yeah. what. Like you still are legally required to pay the woman what she is owed because you made the choice. You yourself made the choice to put Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. You did not have to do that. You could have delayed the movie till later. It would have probably still hurt your bottom line, but you had the choice to do that. You could have still honored that agreement. What's worse is they didn't tell anybody involved with this movie. They didn't tell people at Marvel. They didn't tell Scarlett Johansson. So, naturally, she's pissed, which, again, comes to the respect thing of you kept your mouth shut, you respected them, until this really bubbled to the surface. Now, again, it comes back to Chapek, who's in charge of Disney, and I'm sure he's the one that made the decision to put this on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. He's pissed off everybody. Word on the street right now from reputable sources is Kevin Feige is... The word that has been thrown around is mortified and embarrassed. Because Kevin Feige lobbied for them to say... Lobbied to them multiple times saying, this needs to be in theaters. You need to respect your talent. You need to respect their time and energy that's been put into this movie. And the other big name that I'm going, oh, that's bad. Is apparently the other person that's just horrified by how Chapek has handled this is Disney's former CEO and head of the board still Bob Iger his former boss who is apparently just awestruck in how poorly Chapek has handled this because mark my words if Iger was still in charge one it would never have gone to Disney Plus but two if it was this would not have been as big of a deal as it is he would have sought out the talent and negotiated something Iger was great with talent Chapek can't get out of his own butt he just seems to think, I know what's best for the business. And this has just been a massive embarrassment for the company yeah. right now because this has exposed Disney big time to the point of now other stars supposedly are considering filing lawsuits against Disney. Emma Stone yeah. for Cruella. Um, word on the street is maybe Emily Blunt for Jungle Cruise. The Rock is not one of them. He's He's got seven or eight other revenue streams coming in. but Yeah. But, oh my gosh, I can't think of a time in more recent memory that Disney has, well, there's been plenty of times over the past year or two that Disney's looked bad on paper. But this is truly embarrassing for Disney to just go, you are completely not caring about your uh, talent. And so people will be like, well, she got paid $20 million. Okay, so you have a job that promises you $50 at the end of the day. And they pay you $10. Are you going to be pissed and want your remaining $40? Oh, heck yeah, you're going to want that money. You're going to want what's properly owed to you, especially if it was written Mm -hmm. in writing. Like, what the heck are you doing, Disney?
1: Yeah, it comes down to breach of contract. Because, obviously, we don't know what the contracts are saying, actually spell out. There's a lot of weird things sometimes that companies can put in contracts. But this to come out and say on a public platform, well, she's all she already made twenty million, and it's like, okay, you know what here I'm gonna do this real quick because I'm super curious what Chris Evans made off of endgame.
0: Oh, not as much as uh, Rob down Jr. who made close to two hundred million
1: exactly. so, and you can sit here and say COVID era, blah, blah blah, cool, whatever. um. A profit off of Endgame. But yeah, fulfill some de- dinner for me while I look at this. I'm curious. To, I just add a comparison.
0: But the, here's the problem that Disney's going to run into soon is there's been another report that actually came out a while ago, but has resurfaced recently just because of obviously certain people might not be too happy uh, Kevin Feige. Uh, I don't want to say it because I think it's still way too early to go out and clamor this from the streets. I think if there is not a change in leadership in Disney soon, and Chapek isn't removed soon, the MCU will lose Kevin Feige. I I firmly believe that. And here's here's kind of the reason why I'm saying this is there was an article that came out a few months ago. Uh, that wasn't officially confirmed by anybody by Disney, but has resurfaced recently in that Bob Chapek is supposedly renegotiating high-level executive contracts that basically everyone is now will be working on a one-year contract type situation. So if you don't live up to his standards in a given year, he has the right to fire you instead of, you know, if you don't do your job well, you get fired type of situation. So imagine... Kevin Feige, the high lord of the MCU. It's just like in any other sports. If you're a coach that's only coaching one year at a time, you can't build your future if you think you might not be here next year. If Kevin Feige is put to a one-year contract, goodbye Marvel, hello some other studio that's going to want him. And it's not like he can just stroll down the street and go to Lucasfilm because it's still under the same tent. Because... I just genuinely do not understand the situation here, and I don't. My worst fear is Chapek. I don't understand. I don't think he understands why people are pissed. He has no talent relations history at all. There's a fantastic tweet that I saw. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. I saw a few days ago when, basically, Chapek was getting dragged through the mud. Somebody was just like, "How can we expect him to be?" Uh, Let me see if I can find it, because it was so good. It was a scorcher. Uh, Basically, somebody was saying, like, yeah, um, when Hollywood is the battledrome, would you bet on the godfather of talent, Iger, for three decades running, or the guy who was counting churro receipts two years ago? Like... Mm. Come on, who would you rather have in the trenches right now to try and mend your fence? Iger, who single-handedly saved Disney from Michael Eisner, who Michael Eisner wasn't always bad, but in the tail end he really hurt Disney. Iger made Disney the big empire that it is today. And Chapek, in less than two years, is running it into the ground. Now, I still have it on record on the podcast. I remember... When he got announced, I lamented mm-hmm. in the streets and screamed to high heaven that he was a bad choice. I think this has sped up his exit. I think the board is going, oh, you are, you have a lit match and you're about to burn a very critical bridge. Not just for Scarlett Johansson, but for actors. If other actors see how... Like someone established, Scarlett Johansson in the MCU is, that's getting treated like this, they're not going to want to work for Disney. I wouldn't want to work for Disney right now if I'm an actor or director going, I'm going to get screwed out of money. I will get promised something that they won't deliver on. This is a huge black eye for them. This is horrible. Whereas me, who thrives in Disney's chaos right now because I hate JPEG that much, I'm just going, ah, let it all burn. Ah, just... Just get him out quickly because, oh
1: my god, I just, his decisions are so baffling. Like, I how could someone just be this stupid? Yeah. No, so the $20 million is what was already reported. That, that's what a Scarlett Johansson's contract was negotiated to at Endgame. So that's not new information. That's not necessarily what she, she made that off of Black Widow because that was what her contract already said. Yeah, but it but that has nothing to do with the promises that could be could be in that contract as well. So it's just, and also if she's a producer, that should not be all that she's making.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: like come on, dude.
0: It's like say your birthday is December twenty third or something, and somebody would be like, "Here's your birthday present and your Christmas gift." It's the same thing. Like you can't have someone that's a producer and an actor just be like, "Well." You just get paid once because you only yeah. did one thing on the movie. No, that's not how that works. I That's just ripping her off. Like, I don't get it. Now, some people are just going, well, we've had other things like Wonder Woman 1984 go to streaming. HBO and Warner Brothers met with Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot ahead of time to let mm-hmm. them know that that decision was coming. And also financially compensated them for the lost revenue that they'd be missing out on. Like, okay, I get COVID is a thing. But at the same time, communication is key to any relationship. And communicate with your talent going, the world's tough right now. We may have to change uh, things up. We know you want to be in theaters, but that might not be a reasonable thing to happen. I understand if if they did that. But to not tell anybody, or better yet, ignore people like Kevin Feige, who... Has been doing this longer than Chapek has been doing his job. Which again, Chapek, I don't understand how he's gotten this position. If you look at his history, it is not CEO material. It's barely even theme park material, like when he was yeah. there. I, this is just baffling me. I will be amazed if he's still here in two years. It's like, it is that incompetent, to be honest. Just every time we think he can't get any dumber. Something like this happens. I hope Scarlett Johansson takes every penny that she's owed and then some. Just for, one, them not paying her. But, two, how they're trying to present her in the media is just unspeakable and awful. Just, no, you don't do that to people. That's that's horrible.
1: Yeah. So you, to me, you know you're in the wrong when you go to response to this is a pr move that is no, that's more defamation than explanation. Yeah, it's so, it's petty. It's just petty and gross. Let's have let's talk about some good stuff though.
0: Thankfully almost the rest of the news we've got today is all good stuff, especially this very 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 surprising good stuff, but good stuff nonetheless. It's like finding extra fries under your napkin at a drive-through good surprising. And that is that JK Simmons is going to be playing Commissioner Jim Gordon in the upcoming Batgirl movie for HBO Max. Um, What? I didn't think this would ever happen just because I thought he was done with the role because he's a Snyderverse character and we're kind of moving away from the Snyderverse to which no people, you immediately jump into conclusions that they're just like, this means Batflick is in a movie and it takes place in the Blat... Blat? The Batflick universe and everything else I'm just going we have a multiverse he could just be playing a variant so to speak of Gordon like yep. it, it could potentially it, the chances are pretty decent that he might be in the Snyderverse but at the same time it's not confirmed like I've seen some people rolling with yeah. I am so down with this because I thought one of the biggest missed opportunities in both Zack Snyder's Justice League and Justice League was not enough J.K. Simmons as uh, Gordon, because, dude, do you remember some of the set pictures?
1: What? Have, have other people called it the Justice League, or is that just something you came up with on the spot?
0: Oh, no, dude, that's been called Justice League okay. since 2018. That's
1: the, first time that's the first time I've heard it, and that just... <laughs> No, dude, I'm not that fast
0: on my feet.
1: No, no, that's fine. It's fine. I'm just laughing at Justice League, man. I don't know why.
0: (laughs) So, whether it was Justice League or Zack Snyder's Justice League, I always thought, if we don't get more of this, Gordon, it's going to be a huge missed opportunity. One, because the dude got himself in ridiculous shape. Josh, do you remember those pictures of him working out? Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, he looked like J.K. Simmons, eight jk simmons the man was was terrified he thought it was jim gordon spelled j no g y m jim gordon like the man was swole to the gills uh but also josh and i just love me some jk simmons yeah and when we saw him in both versions just like i'm just going i i love gary oldman's gordon but this dude Looks like he was ripped right out of a comic, minus the cigar oh, in his absolutely. mouth. But like the big trench coat and the hat. Oh, I'm, I'm like just glad it. we're getting more of it. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm just like, and this is terrible of me, but I just am picturing J.K. Simmons level acting in something, I don't know, say, The Killing Joke, but brought to life uh that jim gordon where he's beating getting the crap beat out of him on the on the love ride i was like dude like yeah yeah. i mean i don't want that to be a thing but i also really want that to be a thing i we don't know how big of a role it is
0: but it never hurts to add talent and this Mm -hmm. just makes me immediately interested just going "Oh, oh you got whoever like even if he wasn't uh, Gordon before in the Snyderverse I would still be yeah. excited with this because oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Just, He's perfect Casting for this J.K. Simmons is like perfect casting for just about anything The man genuinely does Not miss like even when a movie Might not be that great you know he's going To be excellent like He's perfect in Spider-Man like he is the ideal J Jonah Jameson but then you see him you're like he's the ideal Gordon he's the ideal drum instructor well maybe not that last one but he'll nah, tell you if you're rushing or movie. if you're dragging Joker Joker has him on the love ride are we rushing or are we dragging Gordon
1: <laughs> uh, yeah no I just it, like you said it all it always helps to add talent and JK Simmons does. Not miss. Also, I'd love to get more than, I don't know, what, two minutes of screen time with him? <sighs>
0: yeah, well, okay. In Justice League's defense, both Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League, I don't need a lot of Gordon in a Justice League movie. Like, no, I, both I, I, movies,
1: I, 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 you're right, you're right. Both
0: but... movies are pretty packed as is, and Gordon isn't a Justice League character, he's a Batman character. Now, I would like to see who else is cast in this movie because I refuse to let it go. I need Dick Grayson in this movie somewhere, or at least teases to him because he's a very important character to Barbara Gordon's life. Uh, If you... Over under 30% that this is in the Snyderverse, Josh. Over under 30%. I'm
1: going over. I'm going over, too. I...
0: I don't know what it is, and there is a theory out there. I still don't fully believe it, but some people are thinking that after The Flash, we'll set up a multiverse, and the movies will be one universe, and HBO Max will have multiple universes like the Batson, but the Snyderverse will live on HBO Max, so maybe this is the first step towards that, to which if it was an HBO Max move, okay. I, I'd be okay with the Snyderverse continuing there. Uh, I, I'd i still... Given the story direction that we know he's going to take it, I'm not overly in, interested in that. But I, I, would, I wouldn't mind it for the people that are interested in it if they were a little bit nicer. Because they're going to come after us now. But Snyder fans just really frustrate me at times. I... Yeah i'm very much really looking forward to this and now i really need to see in the heights which is where leslie grace who's playing barbara i need to see this movie now so i know what she brings to the table um also there's rumors and reports that the main villain will be firefly how are you feeling about firefly josh
1: yes absolutely absolutely you trying to tell me you wouldn't like to see a live action firefly come on that that would, Who would you cast so as cool? firefly um, <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's gonna be on HBO Max, so never mind. I was gonna say, um, I, I was gonna say the guy that plays Dick Grayson, but, um,
0: Brenton Thwaites,
1: yeah, but, uh, what about, oh, geez, um, I forget his name, he played Eustace in Prince Caspian, he was in Maze Runner, oh, um. Yeah. You know who Will Brock Poulter? Is. You know exactly. Yeah. You like I think that could be fun cuz like the big thing about Firefly is you don't necessarily have to see his face so it No, it's going to be anybody. heavily prosthetics
0: after the yeah. all the burns.
1: Yeah. but at the same time like for someone who is kind of technically a sidekick uh but like to give her her own kind of villain in Firefly, I don't mind that at all. Firefly is like the perfect like villain who, he's kind of B-level, but, like, if you don't keep him in check, like, he can do some real damage. So, I mean, my My thought
0: was either Jackie Earl Haley or who was the guy in the movie, in Rob Zombie's 31, that you wanted for Carnage?
1: (gasps) Oh, yes! I forget his name all the time. But he plays, uh, he plays a, a Imperial Commander in, um, Mandalorian.
0: Was it wow. Michael Bean?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we were like live googling so much today? <laughs> that's
0: just how we roll, man.
1: Uh Richard Brake. Okay. Richard Brake is his name. I don't know if that's that does any for thing for anybody, but he's fantastic. <sighs> I see, I almost want to save – I want to save Richard because what if – For Zaz? Like, is Zaz or for Scarecrow?
0: I don't see him as Scarecrow just because the thing is with Scarecrow, at least for me, I think Scarecrow would be a perfect Batgirl villain though. The uh, mm-hmm. thing is for me, Scarecrow is – he's kind of like Two-Face in that when he's in the costume, he's terrifying. But when he's out of it, he's very groomed and well put together, at least in my book. Uh I know there's been different incarnations where both Jonathan Crane and Scarecrow are terrifying and socially awkward, but I kinda like it better when he's Professor Crane and he's more normal, kind of kinda has like a Moriarty spin to him of here's the Professor and here's the evil side to him. Um but yeah, I consider me super, super amped. I think this is amazing casting. However it's not the casting I was the most excited for this week. I thought it would be until we had something come across our desk a uh, past day or two ago. And that is we have movement on the Blue Beetle movie. And by that, we mean actual official casting for Jaime Reyes in, let me see if I pronounce his name correctly, Cholo, uh Merduinia. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. Uh, but he is known for playing Miguel Diaz in Cobra Kai. Yes, yes. A thousand times yes. Because I've, I feel like I've said his name before on the podcast. I th- I feel like I've said, I want the guy that plays Miguel from Cobra Kai. as the only name that came across my, my brain. Uh, also, this dude actually wanted to play Blue Beetle and was championing for it for months. He actually submitted his own, like... Him working out and going hey this is me auditioning for the role of blue beetle because uh what i love about his character in cobra guy among many other things but he's hispanic and proud which is essentially also what jaime reyes is he's a comes from a strong latin background which is not really a market that's been tapped into in the comic book genre yet at least for movies and that's a big reason why josh and i said we want that as a movie and that josh had to go and make that a reality somehow
1: by, <laughs> how by... <laughs> is it how is it that when i'm like yo static shock is gonna get it, uh, announced this year and you were like nah 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 nah, nah that's not, i don't know about that and you're like okay josh who, who and, and then it happened and then you're like all right what blue Beetle are we getting and i was like Jaime! We're getting Jaime! Well,
0: I never disagreed with you with Jaime just because, and this might be a little blasphemous for some like diehard comic fans, but I feel like nowadays, Blue Beetle, the Jaime Reyes version, is more well-known than the Ted Kord yeah. version. Like I know Ted Kord was the OG, but nowadays I think when... I, not everyone knows who B- Blue Beetle is. Obviously, he's still a very obscure character, but I think the Jaime Reyes incarnation is much more synonymous in more people's brains now than the Ted Cord one just because DC has really focused on Jaime and hasn't really done a whole lot with Ted Cord lately and to be honest I prefer that I think Jaime is a much more interesting character than Ted as much as I would like a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold movie this oh dude this casting this casting is just so wonderful um He's the perfect age hes I looked it up he's 20 years old Which is kind of insane because on Cobra Kai He can pull off high school just fine But like when he's not filming He's got like this full beard that makes him almost look 25 I'm like I hate you for being able to look older than you actually are But I've tried to convince Josh forever to watch Cobra Kai And I feel vindicated now Going My boy Because Miguel is like the best character on the show He's for the most part Pure of heart however they do a very very cool heel turn with him um pretty early on i think season one going into season two he turns heel but in true wrestling form once you turn heel your babyface return just makes it that much more gratifying and holy crap his babyface turn is so good uh but clearly with cobra kai he's used to great stunt work and choreography um and he also has to deliver some really good performances and some people be like really from Cobra Kai he's asked to do a lot in the show actually Uh, quite a bit especially in season 3 when spoiler alert it's not like he can move while acting without saying too much Um, he becomes more like Oracle than Blue Beetle but I'm just so amped for this like the holy crap at least on paper we haven't seen it in execution yet
1: this is perfect casting Like,
0: dude,
1: I'm so ready for this movie. Dude, I think the only thing that's going to get me more hyped is when they cast Static Shock. And then, you know, when the trailers come out for both of these, then they're like, hey, by the way, there's going to be a team up between. Buddy team up? Because because if we don't have a Blue Beetle Static Shock that has got to have the same kind of friendship like Cyborg and Beast Boy, what are we even doing with our lives?
0: We can call it the Blues Brothers.
1: I immediately regret everything that said of that, that Brothers said in blue. <laughs> Static <What> beetle. Is... <laughs> that just beep means beep. it's like stuck on a wall somewhere. <laughs> uh, bl- blue shock? Blue shock sounds like a really bad hockey team. Yes. <laughs> or like a bad Mountain Dew flavor. <laughs> I would still try
0: it at least once. But... <laughs> But, oh my gosh.
1: Also, for those that don't
0: know, the storytelling possibilities of Beetle are phenomenal in very, yeah. very, 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 very basic terms. Think of it like if Miles Morales had a Venom alien symbiote attached to him. Kind of. of. He gets this special backpack that's made of alien technology that gives him this super cool Iron Man suit, but it has a brain of its own that does not like to cooperate. So there's been many a time that... The suit has tried to incinerate his friends, etc. <laughs> Depending yes. on the design, the problem is Blue Beetle has had cool designs, and he's had some not as cool designs. I tried reading the original run of Blue Beetle when Rebirth started in 2016, and I dropped out almost immediately just because the art style was not for me. And also, the blocking I didn't think was particularly great, which is not normally a criticism I have for comics, but it's hard to read when you can't really tell where the speech bubbles are going. <laughs> Um, but ever since Josh and I watched Young Justice, we are huge fans of Blue Beetle. Young Justice Mm -hmm. just did such justice (laughs) to (laughs) so many characters. Like, I genuinely don't think Young Justice missed with a single character portrayal. In terms... Sometimes, they did better on the show than they did in the comics. Connor Kent. Um, like, I... (laughs) Connor, I think, is better in Young Justice than he's ever been in the comics. I... I just need Young Justice Season 4, and I just need all the blue beetle, please.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think the more the again, perfect casting. I, I don't think we can get much better than that. Now, where's that sex shot casting, bro? Come on, where 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 you at? Where you at?
0: So watch this segue. Blue Beetle is blue, right? Now, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about a red one! because,
1: <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> because <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you eat everything. 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 Okay. Oh, for those that
0: don't yeah. know, Venom released a new trailer for Venom. Let there be carnage. Now we mildly enjoyed the first trailer and I'm trying to remember if Josh enjoyed the first Venom or not. I thought it was, it was the transformers of superhero movies. It was mindless fun. Yeah. Um, but Oh my gosh. This has to be one of the most fun trailers I've seen in quite a while. And also just... I'm trying to think of how best to describe it other than chaotic fun. I just had this, like, maniacal grin on my face the entire time I watched the trailer for the first time. Just going, holy crap, you've nailed the tone for what this needs to be. Because we continue this venom eddy dynamic of, we just mm-hmm. hate each other but we'll tolerate each other because we need each other. But then the Carnage stuff... Is terrifying. Like, Mm -hmm. I love horror just as much as the next guy. I definitely screamed. I definitely, like, curled up in my seat a little bit when Carnage literally just sticks a tendril down a guy's throat. I'm going. It's his tongue, bro. I'm going.
1: (laughs) Watch it again. That's his tongue that he's killing that man with. It's all kind of the
0: same with Carnage. Tongue, tendril. It's all the same. I'm going, oh, that's amazing. But when he breaks out of prison and he's just like towering over everybody and the bullets are just going through him going, that's Carnage. Also, good job, uh, whether it was a bad job in the first trailer or a good job here of making Carnage more red Mm because you can clearly tell this time around that it's Carnage. Um, Holy crap. Now, before I toss it over to Josh, again – The hardest I've laughed in a trailer in a very long time is, Oh, uh, Oh, shit. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? That is a red one. Like the way he says it. I died laughing. Also, I sent the meme to Josh, but one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, 3C Films. Great. great, Go check him out. He always does a goofy intro. And so he did his reaction and breakdown to Venom. At the beginning, it's Venom watching the Clifford trailer. And it shows Clifford. He goes, Oh, that is a red one.
1: <laughs> That's great. I, I think I popped the hardest outside of those those moments was when the first time he, they they actually let him transform into Carnage on screen in the trailer, and I was like, Whoa. I love
0: I love that transformation Whoa. so much because. He, he like,
1: Oh, dude, he like melts
0: into it. And it's, yeah, oh. I loved it because dude. it's it's not like the suit's overtaking it like Venom does. It's not like a protective shielding. It's like his body is morphing into this other being. I'm going, I'm terrified and a little bit giddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the the car, and I like it that the what is his what is the line that Woody gives? Um, I've tasted blood at Eddie Brock, and that was not it. Which I... I wasn't the biggest end of that line? Because I'm just going... I love it.
0: All of us have kind of tasted blood at one point or another. Um, Yeah, we all know what blood tastes like. But but
1: but it (laughs) means something because he's a serial killer. uh,
0: I never would have guessed how much changing someone's hair would make a world of difference because (laughs) he doesn't have the stupid clown fro anymore and he actually looks terrifying. Um... Also, when he says the, it's a red one, and he's like, I'll let you eat everybody, was it just me? Or did that, oh yeah, sound like a combination of the Kool Aid Man yes. and Leroy Jenkins? Yes. It was just like, I'm going in. Oh yeah.
1: Because <laughs> like, he, like, okay, here we go. <laughs> it was like, okay. And now, the only thing that I have is I'm imagining this Venom with Tom against Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Spider-Man. Holland is not. Tom is and and not I'd a bad like, day. I'll be like, I'm here for this interaction. Absolutely. Like, that's the kind of venom that I want in Tom Holland's world.
0: But I saw somebody post, and it's completely true. If Tom Holland faced off against this carnage, he does not stand a chance. I love Tom. But he's dying. Holy crap, this guy is terrifying. Uh, I think it's also kind of concerning but not surprising that when his trailer debuted it does not say coming September 24th it says coming this fall which kind of leads some people to think that maybe we might be in for a second wave of delays because people are stupid and sh- yeah just doing stupid shenanigans to ruin everything for everybody else it's 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 like a group project everyone some people do all the work and everyone else expects everything to be Just fine, because some people do all the work. Um, I hope this doesn't get delayed, because if that gets delayed, then other things get delayed. Some people are speculating that that's why we haven't gotten a Spider-Man trailer yet. is because Sony's worried about it getting delayed. Going, please don't get delayed, because I know if this gets delayed, it'll get moved down to the December slot where spider-man is now and spider-man will move from the december slot to the uncharted slot in march and uncharted will get delayed yet again just like i had to move for stupid camila cabello's movie
1: um why would uh why would uh these movies move like why would you why couldn't you have venom and spider-man in the same month are you trying to say they might be connected
0: no, you're just reading too much into it. I think okay. it's because... so <laughs> It's because notice how Sony has yet to release a movie in the pandemic. They want everything That's back fair. to normal. And I think That's they have fair. a very specific schedule. It's not so much a... They have to come out in this order. Because Mo- Morbius is supposed to come out, I think, in January. Like I think they're just pushing everything back. I don't think it's a specific order that they need to come out in. I think it's Sony just going, we need the world to be back to normal so we can maximize theater profits. Now we bagged on Sony before but at least they're smart enough to realize, oh we need the theaters Unlike you know Bald Mr. Clean over at Disney Isn't that a little redundant to call him Bald Mr. Mr. Clean but whatever
1: I was like, is it Mr. Clean already? Um,
0: Imagine Mr. Clean with a mullet
1: Um, honestly yeah, no, all of a sudden randomly, I need a a version of Mr. Clean that's like super hillbilly, has like a mullet And he's like, "Yeah, (laughs) like just like Duke's of Hazard all over cleaning products."
0: I need Mister Clean to fight to the death with the brawny man.
1: (laughs) Stop.
0: Now, chalk this one up to, uh, what? Are you okay over there, Netflix? You you got the money to be throwing us around here? Uh, apparently, in a recent either investors' call or just some interview, the head of Netflix one admitted that their movies are bad, which I think is really, really funny and accurate. Uh, but two, they said that they're trying everything in their power to get Christopher Nolan under the umbrella that is Netflix, and I'm going huh, keep dreaming. Or is there a chance of that actually happening? Now, we know Christopher Nolan, as far as filmmakers go, is probably the f- hottest free agent on the market ever since he made his attentions. very clear. He ain't working for Warner Brothers and HBO Max anymore because he should have called them the worst streaming service. And, yeah, I, I don't think he's wrong entirely. <laughs> it's a... It's a bad race between HBO Max and Peacock of who's really the worst, because yep. at least Peacock is working on improving, except for WWE streams, but whatever. I I have a hard time believing Nolan will go to Netflix, no matter how much money they throw at him, just because he's been such a vocal, anti-streaming thing. I don't think it's just an HBO Max thing, as much as he was pissed that they screwed him over with Tenant. It's... He doesn't like streaming. He wants movies to be seen in a theater, which I can respect. But at the same time, what's the Malcolm in the Middle meme? The future is now, old man. Like at a certain point, either adapt or die. And I do worry that Nolan, as much as I love him, can be a little too set in his ways. I'm going, you're going to you're going to basically pass up a really big payday here and you have the chance to add to the prestige of Netflix or give it prestige in your definition. I just don't see this happening. I think you and I have talked about it before. We can see him going to like an A24 or Universal. But Netflix, he's just been anti-Netflix for so long. But then again, Spielberg is working with Netflix now. So I don't think it's completely off the table. What do you think, Josh?
1: Off the table. <laughs> it's off the table. Because... Somebody who hates streaming? Like honestly, dude, if you're going to call HBO Max the worst streaming service, Netflix is not that far off mm. from HBO Max. Um, if you're like if you think that Nolan, who loves movies in theaters, is for some reason going to make an exception for okay. Netflix just because for money? No, sir. Absolutely not. Uh, we have a guy here who is like I'm going to make a movie about intergalactic time travel and and use black holes and that have never actually technically been seen before. So, you know, whatever. I'm just going to do that because I want it to be shown on the big screen because that is the best way to watch movies. I don't think he'll make any kind of compromise for Netflix of all companies.
0: Yeah, also here's the hard pill to swallow even for a big Nolan fan like me and maybe this is just how I'm observing and you can I'd like to see if you agree or disagree on this one I don't think Christopher Nolan has as much weight to throw around in terms of these negotiations as he might have in the past I don't think he's still one of the highest profile names in Hollywood in terms of directors that like even the casual person knows people know like Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, and a couple others. He's a high-profile name. I don't think he's as big of a name as he was about five or six years ago. I think tenant's reception, I think, has hurt his reputation. But also, I don't want to say... How he approached Tenet might have hurt his reputation a little bit... But I think it might have of going... This has to be in theaters. I don't care that we're in a pandemic. This movie is going to cure the pandemic. People will rush out to see it. And I think that was entirely misguided. Like we were clearly not in a state as a country to see Tenet. But his insistence I think was not a smart move. And I think he might even say so. But just over the past few years... Mm, here's where i get all the nolan fanboys to hate me i don't think christopher nolan has had a truly in- great movie since inception in 2010 because dark knight rises is fine but it's josh's trash. favorite movie of all time That's um trash. we've got interstellar which has some it's impressive cool. visuals but no. to me it falls apart in that final third um dunkirk was okay but it felt more like his early stuff um then you've got tenant which is probably his worst movie to date so Mm -hmm. while he's not making bad movies he's not making as high profile like oh my gosh dude from 2008 to maybe around 2011 like between dark knight and inception and batman begins and the prestige man was like untouchable. He was a God in the movie world, but I think over the past few years and especially with how tenant was handled, I don't think he's got the clout that he used to, but maybe that's just my, my view of things. Maybe he still does have like that power make no mistake. He's still one of the biggest names. I just don't know if he's as big of a name as he used to be. And has as much like, I don't say drawing power, but just power in the industry as he thinks he does.
1: I think the big thing here is that if somebody's like, hey, I'm going to go see a Nolan movie, you kind of know what you're signing up for. Yeah, you know, emotionally
0: depressed protagonist, but a really good movie.
1: Yeah, a movie that is head trippy, sometimes unnecessarily complicated storylines,
0: emotionally like, distant characters.
1: Uh, you know, emotionally distant characters, terrible fathers. Um, <laughs> you know,
0: but, I want just one Christopher Nolan movie. Where the main character wears a t-shirt the entire time. Just regular Mm -hmm. street clothes. Not a collared Mm -hmm. shirt and jacket every single time. Or has some pretentious British name like Cobb. Like, I love you, Nolan. But you gotta do something a little outside of your comfort zone every once in a while. Steven Spielberg did War of the Worlds. May not be the best, but you tried something different.
1: (laughs) Steven Spielberg did War Horse.
0: (laughs) Steven Spielberg's a whole other issue of not as great as he used to be. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately. But yeah... this just... I get Netflix's ambition, and good on them, but, um... Yeah, I just don't see this happening. this He's too set in his ways. It's not like a Spielberg situation where he's teaming up, or at least his company is. But, who knows? You watch. Next week, it'll be officially announced. We'll just be like, oh, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into our main discussion, which I've been looking forward to for about two weeks now, not even joking... Uh, yeah. If you want Uncharted Media merch like what I am wearing, case in point here, what I am wearing now, go to the link in the oh. description or just search Uncharted Media in Public. We've got all of our stuff there. We've got uh, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs. Whatever your heart may desire that's available on Tpublic, get the uncharted media logo on that. Uh but also, more importantly, we're only 25 subscribers away from 500 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Woo-hoo. So if you haven't already subscribed to us on YouTube at uncharted media, go do that, help us get to 500 before the end of the year because you guys are the best people around. And yeah, that's a goal that we've had for a while is to help us get to 500 subscribers because you're just amazing. Now, speaking of amazing, y'all ready to listen to some amazing stories and Josh's stories? Um, wow! I'm just kidding. I have faith okay. in Josh. no,
1: no, it's fine. <laughs> I'll just leave for the the rest of the podcast to you, dude. It's fine. I didn't put weeks worth of work Under this. Whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I have faith in Josh's storytelling abilities. Um, so what we're doing now is basically we have made a roadmap of if we were in charge of DC circa 2010, 2011, when they're just like, okay, we gotta catch up with Marvel somehow. What are we going to do? This is the overall general big overall arcing map. The road map that I would have done. What movies come out when, in what order, in what phases. Because Josh and I both did them in phases like the MCU has done. Like Marvel. The first phase was Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America. And then the first Avengers movie. And then so on and so forth. Kind of sectioning them off. With each of them having kind of their own general narrative theme to them or something that kind of binds them together that leads to the next big event which is kind of a footprint excuse me that i followed with mine i'm sure josh kind of did the same thing so i have four phases just because i had so many stories that i wanted to tell but also at the same time i had to cut so much stuff out sorry guys this is coming from me there is no standalone nightwing movie that's how much you had to know That's how much you had to know that I put aside my own wishes for a universe and more went for what would cohesively make the most sense. Because that's the big difference between Josh and I is I'm more concerned about cohesion. And
1: Josh is going, fan fiction, I need my wish fulfillment. This is what I want. And to be fair, a lot of mine, I did do wish fulfillment. But at the same time, (laughs) I was like, okay, but how could this work? In a way that would be beneficial storytelling wise. Oh, same. Not just like, not just like, man, I want Atrocitus at some point, but like, <laughs> actually, like, there's got to be a reason for him to be there.
0: Okay, so I'm trying to think of how do we want to do this. Do we want to do each of us go by? I do my phase one. You do your phase one, or do we want to just do it a big dump all at once?
1: Uh, let's go phase one. Let's go phase by phase because okay. I've got three. So that'll, that'll give you your own little time there at the end there, buddy.
0: Okay. So then you start us off. What is your phase one looking like? What's your first movie to your last movie phase one? What's your, right. what's your narrative beats here?
1: I've got all kinds of stuff, uh, as I should, right? Um, we're starting off strong with a traditional Green Arrow movie. I'm leading hard with Oliver Queen, and I want him old school, like we want quippy, we want charm. Like I, I'm not, I'm not really down for this
0: super, super versus, liberal.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm, okay, maybe hold on. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, you're going
1: traditional I, Green Arrow. He's yeah, got to be yeah. very political. Yeah, um, but at the the big thing for me is that he is charming. He is. Go take. Does his quips. He, I, I. More true, like a, uh, the um, oh geez the Justice League Unlimited, Green, uh, Green Arrow. Does he have a goatee?
0: Um, yeah, okay. obviously.
1: Okay, that's all obviously I care about. Goatee. He could
0: be a mass murderer all, as yeah. long as he has a goatee. That's all I so, care about.
1: I actually thought a lot about the killing part. Um, I think what I'm okay with is him not is only doing like, uh, like injuring low-level thugs, not necessarily like if he shoots them with like a little literal. Hus- Arrow it might be like through the shoulder or you know something that'll definitely leave a scar but will like stop them in their tracks but won't kill them but I kind of want him to legit murder like mob bosses and like stuff like that so,
0: so arrow season 1 correct but <laughs> when it was still good
1: but this is to give some tension between him and batman later on
0: okay okay
1: um we're going next we're going flash um, I kind of liked, I really like the particle accelerator origin better than I got struck by lightning and a bunch of chemicals. Um, cause it makes more sense to me. Um, what
0: do you mean by accelerator origin?
1: Um, that's the, the flash show does, uh, ex- the part of particle ex- accelerator at star labs explodes.
0: No. And, yeah. The flash show also gets struck by lightning uh, with chemicals. Really? That's always been Flash's origin, dude. Man, it's
1: Except been a long The time. only thing that'll it's change time, is then.
0: sometimes the lightning that gives him his powers is himself, creating a time paradox. But almost always it's... Yeah, wow. It's almost always it's huh. him getting struck by lightning with chemicals. Okay, well,
1: anyway. Because yeah, that's, that
0: that's how he recreates his powers in Flashpoint. That's how certain generations of his yeah. get powers.
1: Continue. So, I want... Yeah,
0: Um, we live and die by our semantics though
1: yes we will um so the fun part here is i kind of want him i don't want ollie to ollie oliver queen to show up in in the first third or anything like that but by the end of the movie i wouldn't mind them being somewhat like friends um to the point where so this is a
0: green arrow movie that oliver doesn't show up till the first third of the movie
1: no, it's a Flash movie that Oliver happened to be. Oh, okay. I thought.
0: Sorry, I was thinking we were still in the Green Arrow movie. The no, flash am mo- Okay, the Fla- yeah, well, we're Flash. We're on Flash. Movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So we're on Flash. So because I want Green Ar- I want Oliver to give him his first suit, because I want it to look like Jay I because I, I think it'd be hilarious. Bless your heart, to- Bless your heart, uh, man. Oh, dude, because it'd be so funny for, for – because Oliver's doing this as a joke, right? He's like, here, man, this, this is your costume now, um, which is such an uh, – to me would be a thing <laughs> that he would totally do to Barry. Um, but but then we get back to the more classic look that Barry himself creates by the end of the film. Um, I don't necessarily have a villain in mind for that, for that movie. Prometheus. Somebody simple, you know? I do want Reverse Flash name dropped. Maybe not Reverse Flash himself, like Reverse Flash, but like his, like what was uh, Eugene? Not Eugene. Um, oh, geez. What's his like actual name? Aobard? Aobard? Yeah, yeah. Aobard Thawne. I, I want, like, Thawn. There it is. I want that actual name dropped. Not like Reverse Flash, because I think the name Reverse Flash is kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't mind that being dropped towards at some point, just so that it's obvious to both Barry and the viewer that there's other speedsters out there, that mm-hmm. he's not the only one. Um, Wonder. Uh, next, I have Wonder Woman. Honestly, I said keep it as is, huh. as with the movie that, that we got, except for I want Ares to be big, bad, and scary at the end.
0: Yeah, that kind of goes without change. saying cause... Yeah,
1: but like, it's it's such a perfect origin story I don't know if I could do anything if I could come up with anything better
0: Funny, I have kind of the same approach when I get to Wonder Woman
1: Yeah, and of course, it, I almost feel like these are cop-outs, but again I don't know if I could come up with anything better with Shazam! I'm literally gonna keep it as is. I, I think it's great. I have the same approach uh, when I
0: get to Shazam It's just yeah. my placement is very, very different.
1: Which is fine I even, and you'll notice, there's been no mentions of Superman or Batman up until this point. I want the cameos still a thing in Shazam, where he's like, I, I want to beat Superman. And Superman shows up at the end or whatever. I want that. I still want it.
0: But we haven't mentioned Superman at all yet.
1: I know. That doesn't it's, make any sense. Superman's just going to, here. Well, maybe it's. Okay, you know what? Fine. I'll add some stuff. We're, we'll do this on a fly. we We're doing. We're, we're having a good time, right? It's um, jazz writing. It's jazz writing. Uh, you can have him come up in like news stories on TV's or something okay. like that. But like, not specific. I'm trying to let these characters have their own movies and let the the quote unquote quote, big boys kind of exist in the background until it's time for them to come in. Um, next. We're we're coming in after Shazam with a Green Lantern movie. Um, I'm going to keep Parallax as our main villain because I think I think it's a solid first. However,
0: which version of Parallax are you using? The
1: I think I'm going to stay closer to like what the, what he is in the comics and. Well, I mean, away. even
0: in the comic, he's been the evil spear, but he's also been Hal Jordan with the stupid that's, white hair. That's,
1: yeah, well, that's i still think I'm going to keep the cloud. But I want, I don't. What I don't want is for Sinestro Sinestro to turn in this movie. I want I still like to me, and I know you and I had this discussion a little bit ago earlier today. I'm tired of the the, the best friends betrayal thing, but like, yep. At the same time, with Sinestro, when he does turn on Hal, it doesn't matter unless we've seen them be friends for longer than a movie. So, I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let them fight fight parallax together.
0: I have a different cut, way of approaching Sinestro.
1: Which is fine. Um I kind of want him to get cut by parallax or something. There's some some weird some weird shenanigans where it is obvious that the at the end of the movie the Sinestro that we meet is not the end by the it's not the same by the end of the film. That there's something odd going on, but I don't want to name it. I don't want it to be apparent necessarily to how. Um with, next I've got Aquaman. Um, yeah. I, I kind of want to come with him into I don't want to say the middle of his story, but like I don't want to start at, start him over. I don't want to give him an origin. I kind of want to have him already be king. Okay. Okay. Um, because he's gonna get news from a uh from a fr- from a, from a messenger or whatever that. There's a section of Atlantis where people are murdering each other, but they're being controlled by weird creatures.
0: Gosh dang it! Gosh <laughs> dang it!
1: <laughs> oh boy! So okay, hopefully Ar- this is the only
0: overlap that I think we're gonna have.
1: Dang it! I doubt it. I doubt it will. Uh, um, I don't know. Well, I some
0: weird places, man.
1: I know, but so they end up finding um, these people being controlled by what look like starfish. Um, so Arthur and Mary, M- Mira... <laughs> Mara Mary um, find a hive of, of these things and kill as many as they can. Um but I want a hint at the end or like a nod at the end that they're not all dead and maybe that there's something else attached to them. Alright <clears throat> next, we got Batman because gotta bring him in eventually. I am also not I don't want to start him on an origin movie. I think we've had enough of those. We don't really need to start him there. I haven't decided whether or not if it's like 10 years in or whatnot. But what I had decided was I think what's important is that the world thinks of him as a urban legend. Gosh dang it! (laughs) <laughs> not as uh, uh, as like this su- big big superhero gosh dang um, <laughs> it that's specifically in my notes <laughs> <laughs> oh, cuz i think it's important right cuz he he's uh, up into this movie he we kind of maybe through conversation between him and and alfred or something kind of show that he's really been sticking to smaller crimes um not necessarily petty theft but like stuff that isn't really going to get him noticed stuff that doesn't really make that big of a difference because and so now he gets catches wind through his wonderful detective work that there's uh there's going to be some ways to make some big differences in gotham when he gets information to somehow take down black mask um okay yeah so this will then because black mask is like a notorious mobster in the city of gotham Fairly well known to the media, it thrust him taking on Blast Ma- Black Mask will thrust him into the mainstream of people are like oh oh Batman's real. There's no denying that the Batman's real. Um, and I wrote this last section just for you of of what I want the tail tail the last five minutes. Uh, I I want to uh, Bruce and Alfred to have be driving in their limo, right going somewhere, and they're just talking about how you know now that. Batman is, you know, he's been th- thrust, thrust from the shadows. There's not much we can do about it. People know about him. Maybe it's time to start getting in contact with the, the heroes that Bruce has been keeping tabs on this whole time. Um, he agrees. And as he's getting out of the limo, Bruce says, enjoy the circus, Master Bruce. I hear they have a quite a fly- high flying act. And Bruce, and Bruce just goes, you know, just looking for inspiration. Alfred, boom, cuts. All right. And next. We it's have a our long phase board. one, dude. Dude, it is a long phase one. But to me, in order to get a prop, I, I wanted to end each phase in a Justice League movie. Yeah, same. Of some sort. So that first one is going to take a while to <laughs> set up. But to me, it'll be worth it to finally see all these character characters all in one place. What? what? You're and... saying it takes time to set up a Justice League yeah, movie? Yeah, totally. Exactly. So, <clears throat> I, I next... And just before Justice League, we've got our big boy in Superman. Um, I don't know what it is about me and origin movies, but I don't like them. Um, <laughs> apparently. Because I don't want I, – I obviously throughout this, I want all of these movies – excuse me. I want hints of Superman. I want like, oh, like he's been around. He's been in action. He's been doing his thing. And all these other heroes are just trying to be like him in some way. Um, I even specifically said I would really like something very similar to the opening of uh, uh, Superman and Lois, where she's like talks about the opening, like, yeah, my mom made this suit, blah, blah, blah. I would even be okay with him with nods to maybe Zod already came and he dealt with him, and we can just be away with that and not have to deal with, with Zod at all.
0: Which, quick side tangent. Even if y'all aren't watching the show, watch the first five minutes of Superman and Lois' pilot. Because, holy crap, that single-handedly is the best depiction of Superman in the last decade. Oh, my God. I, I'll go back and watch just the beginning of that just because of the feels. Whether it's... The music is
1: perfect,
0: but also his original suit and his interaction with the little boy. It Oh, it's so good. It's watch great. Superman and Lois, y'all. It's so good.
1: It's so good. Um, So... I wanted, I wanted to use some kind of quote-unquote B-level uh, villains for, for Superman here, but I wanted them to
0: actually –
1: Mr. Be like legit threats. So we're going to open the movie after our little scene there with him fighting Parasite because yeah. we, we need Parasite. Like he's – that's just like – he's such a good, solid villain. Underrated. Um, very. Very. Um, I would even go as far to say maybe have him do typical parasite things where he takes hostages and then for um, Superman to try to choose which ones to save because you can't save them all um, until he does. Um, But main villain, I would love to be Metallo. I think right off the bat, if you show that Superman is not invincible – You can get garner more more sympathy for him.
0: Josh has Invincible showing up in Phase Three, by the way.
1: Yeah, all Um, ultimate
0: crossover franchises.
1: Technically, uh, technically probably could in some way of shenanigans, but um, I and I will go as far to say that by the end of the film, it's revealed that um, Lex Luthor hired Metallo to to put out a hit, basically to hit Superman, because. It's okay guys, we don't need our big bads in our fir- in our first movies. Um, and then so the, we're going to end phase 1 with Justice League where the Justice League is finally formed when the world is threatened by Starro. Cuz we're traditional around here for some reason.
0: Yeah, so is that that's your phase 1?
1: That's all of phase 1 my dude.
0: Good. We have some crossover, but not a ton. I will say we both have some similar villains, but... Uh,
1: <laughs> we just like bringing out the B-level guys. <laughs> also, I I
0: kind of pick and chose some stuff that already did happen. Case in point, I like some certain elements of Man of Steel. I think Zack Snyder was on the right path to some things, not other things. Uh, for my first movie in Phase 1 to kick off this new DC Universe, it there can only really be one movie. Just Superman. Just call it Superman. Because there hasn't been a movie called Superman. There's been Superman the movie. But there hasn't been anything called just straight Superman. And if Superman is the grandfather of all superheroes. It just makes sense that he's the first. So my first movie is obviously Superman. And up until this point in this universe. There are no superheroes whatsoever. So I think Man of Steel had that right. Of he's the first superhero basically ever. Uh, the main villain will be General Zod. So it will follow some things like Man of Steel, but not others, like he's not going to kill Zod. However, on the flip side, we're going to have good aliens and bad aliens. Bad alien, Zod. Good alien, Martian Manhunter will be in this movie of going, which side will Clark choose? But also, the world needs to see someone on both sides of the spectrum. Yes, aliens are terrifying, but you also have good people like Superman, like Martian Manhunter. So we've got a lot of um, Man of Steel in it, in terms of like it's a year one or year two Superman, but not quite Man of Steel. So we get that. At the end credits, we establish Lex Luthor's in this universe for a later date, whether it's like actual he shows up or whether it's we pan up and it's a Luthor Corp building, whatever else, so... Similar to Man of Steel, but definitely changed some elements that are more traditional Superman. Then, I said that there was no superheroes in this universe before Superman. I said no active superheroes is what I meant. Because our next movie is Wonder Woman. Which is going to follow extremely similar to the movie that we actually got the original origin. And like Josh said, make Ares actually Ares. However, the big difference between the movie and what I'm going to do with it is... The reason she comes out of retirement at the end of her movie is not because of some random bank robbery. It's she sees Superman on TV and goes, there's others like me. So Superman is inspiring others to come out of the shadows to join him in his quest for good. Because that's essentially what Superman is supposed to be. is a beacon of hope that inspires others. So I think it makes more sense if he's the catalyst for her to come out of retirement instead of just random crimes. Next... We have The Flash, who will already have his powers, but he's very untrained and not in his proper suit yet. It's very much a homemade suit. So, maybe like a leather jacket, some material that's not going to rub up and catch fire when he's running. And he goes through a lot of shoes in this movie. So, he doesn't have his own suit yet. The main villains are going to be some good entry-level Flash villains in Mirror Master and Captain Cold. So... So I it might take yeah. me a little bit of effort to get rid of these guys, but by the end of the movie, he'll have his own traditional suit that comes out of a Flash ring. However, most importantly in this Flash movie, to set up for future events, he's going to meet someone at Star Labs by the name of Victor Stone.
1: Yeah! That's
0: going to have an accident due to either Mirror Master or Captain Cold attacking Star Labs for some something that they need, um, which results in him basically going into a coma and the end credits is his dad silas doing a very risky operation that's going to turn him into the man we know and love cyborg
1: so question for you yes are you going to be using the mother boxes in that scenario
0: i'll say i'll say yes but we will not refer to them by mother boxes or call them out as mother boxes for quite a bit yet think of it like how we had some powers from Wanda in the MCU, but didn't fully capitalize on them until much, much later. So, like, yeah. I want to establish Cyborg for later reasons, but we won't get to Motherbox and that type of technology until much, much later. So, okay. next, after The Flash, we're going to have our first Batman movie. Now, I put Batman here because we're coming off of Dark Knight Rises, so I think we needed a little bit of buffer space between our previous Batman and our current Batman. Now, I also said Superman is the only superhero. It's because at this point, Batman, like Josh had in his story, Batman is an urban legend at this point. He's not a full-blown hero. He's doing his usual thing. With help, I have Batman and Robin already being a team at this okay. point because okay. I want to speed up Batman's timeline. He's already been doing this for a while, but he's still kind of an urban legend. He's, he's the boogeyman to criminals, basically. Um, him and Robin are already a team. And here's where we start off strong because I can't really use them anywhere else. And I want to put them somewhere. We use a Court of Owls storyline here for Batman and Robin of basically it's a murder mystery of, wow, there's a secret Illuminati in Gotham. And obviously you have the connection here. You can either go with the Batman route like they do in the story or you can still bring in Dick Grayson who was supposed to be a assassin for the Court of Owls before obviously that plan changed. So you can have this whole interesting murder mystery with Batman and Robin teaming up, but you start to see the rift between Batman and Robin naturally as they're not always on the same page. Once that wraps up, the end credits will have Dick Grayson just going out on patrol one night when who does he run into but Cyborg, Victor Stone, and that's where we're just going to leave it, the two of them meeting up. So next, we've had enough planetary stuff for now. We need to in the words of tom hardy in inception we need to think a little bigger darling we're going to space we're not doing green lantern we're doing green lantern core nice.
1: we're doing we're
0: starting off strong with everybody because i need the green lanterns to be established for bigger things down the road so this will focus on the entire uh, sector of 2814 not just hal um, hal jordan and john stewart we're going to have hal john kilowog um kyle because josh needs kyle (laughs) kyle guy all the all the lanterns are here and again we don't hear about them on earth just because they've been needed basically in other sections of 2814 now here's where we're going to differ josh sinestro is the main villain having already turned a while ago so we never see the friendship between Hal and um sinestro So we don't need that whole origin. We're just going to skip the whole betraying friends angle already. We're just going to have him be the main villain. He's already a yellow lantern. So have him and his yellow lanterns versus the green lantern core somewhere. When that gets done, we're going to have some tease to our next movie, which sets up the Justice League villain... Starro the Conqueror because of course it has to be the first Justice League villain in the comics should be his one in the movie plus it would just make sense you can have a lot of storytelling possibilities so you can have Starro mind control and possess Superman maybe or better yet control Batman and hack into that computer find everybody's weaknesses kind of do a Tower Tower of Babel situation there in Justice League though we're still going to use that opportunity in the Justice League movie when everyone's teamed up together to introduce some characters. We have Starro as the main villain. But we also need to use this opportunity to introduce Aquaman and Atlantis. So the Justice League could really be out of their depth here. Because oh. that was that was really off the cuff. But it, I'm glad it worked out. They could really be out of their depth and just go, okay. We don't know anything about this. But we've heard legend of beings beneath the sea. And so they seek out Arthur Curry. Who Batman has kept some tabs on. But doesn't fully know the extent of his power so he's not Aquaman yet he's still just Arthur Curry so the Just League's teaming up to defeat um, Starro based on what they learned from Arthur Curry and the Atlanteans which will be where we leave it for phase 1 going into phase 2 so I'll just keep going now and then I'll hit back to Josh because phase 2 starts with Aquaman basically piggybacking off of the Justice League movie if he gets introduced in this movie and then we immediately follow up with his story which is going to be very very similar to the movie uh, with Jason Momoa I don't think there's a whole lot that really needs to be changed there because honestly other than the suit yeah nothing really changes so if you don't actually have him suit up as Aquaman maybe he's wearing just some generic Atlantean armor in the first Justice League movie then yeah you can still just do the Jason Momoa one I think that works out just fine next up Because I don't want them to face each other. I want them to team up as friends. We're going to do a World's Finest movie. For those that don't know, that's Batman and Superman. Whenever they team up together, just the two of them, that's what that's called. It's the World's Finest. I don't want Batman versus Superman. I want them to be actually on the same page. Our villains here are going to be Lex Luthor and Ra's al Ghul. Because I've always thought that's a pairing that works. It's not like the Batman Superman movie where it's Lex Luthor and Joker. who I've always thought their motives never align. Whereas Lex and Roz are very much big-picture manipulators, and I could see them very much working on the same page. However, you're going to need some muscle, so we get a bunch of mid-level villains in here. If we wanted to have, like, Metallo or Bizarro, um, Clayface, some some villains that we probably aren't going to have as main villains can show up to be the muscle here. Um, Maybe Batman and Superman get framed for something that they didn't do. Um, Yeah. But then... We continue to show the rift between Batman and Robin because at a certain point, maybe towards the tail end of Act 2, Batman benches Robin basically says, we're not going to have you in danger in this mission. It's just going to be in soups just because. And so obviously that's not going to sit well with Dick Grayson. So their rift is basically reaching a boiling point. Next, we've got the next Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman Hunted. Because... Calling it that because Cheetah is the main villain, Ooh. and we're gonna do it right this time, because good yeah. lord. Um maybe Cheetah's hired by somebody, that can be up for debate. Most important features in this Wonder Woman movie though is one we're gonna get Cheetah right. Two, we're gonna introduce Donna Troy, aka Ooh. Wonder Girl.
1: Yeah.
0: And then at the end, after Cheetah's been defeated and captured, Lex Luthor is gonna come visit Cheetah in prison, telling her he's making his own legion. If she wants to join. And get revenge on Wonder Woman. So that's going to start planting the seeds for Justice League 2. Next up we're going to have the Flash. Flashpoint. In which case reverse Flash is our main villain. And Flash is going to discover time travel. However it's not going to be full on Flashpoint in terms of changing the entire direction of the, of the universe. It will have ramifications for Barry when he tries to go back and change his mother's fate. But. It'll be more of just a straightforward flash story as opposed to vast impacting universe story. Most important thing to note about this is one, we introduce Ooh, excuse me. Reverse Flash, but we also introduce Wally
1: West. We're introducing Yay. more and
0: more of the supporting characters because Gee, I wonder why. our very next movie is Teen Titans. There
1: it is. I was wondering if yeah. it was gonna come up.
0: So, important, Teen Titans is going to start the movie with Robin leaving Batman, basically quitting on the spot, in which case he's going to join up with his friend Cyborg, Wally West, and Donna Troy. Notice how we've uh, casually just introduced them over time. I wonder how that worked out. Um, And the Titans are going to be trying to stop Cadmus Labs, which is run by Lex Luthor, who is doing kind of sketchy government operations on several different heroes, one of which being... Beast Boy, because that just makes sense to me. Um, when the team is at their lowest, basically um, they're all they've all been captured except for Dick, and Dick in this moment realizes he can't do what he used to do anymore. He's got to be somebody else, so he ditches the Robin uniform behind behind him and becomes Nightwing. So if yeah, I know course, I can't course, do a Nightwing movie, it makes the most sense to do it in Titans. <laughs> so it's kind of a Robin arc within a. Titan's story and also i just this is super fan servicey but i don't care when we get the full team assembled now with all the titans beast boy cyborg Donna troy wally and now nightwing as they're about to go into action titans go i'm just i just need that please now here's where we're gonna get interested once once they've wrapped everything all nice and tidy up we find out that cadmus labs isn't actually run by lex Luthor but it's run by Granny Goodness. Now, this Ooh. this is going to be super long-term booking, but I want to lay this seed now that we'll come back to much, much later. But the other end credits we're going to get is all the uh, Teen Titans are going to be hanging out at the tower when somebody rings the doorbell. They answer it, and it's a Robin. Hey, I'm the new Robin. Just Jason has been brought into the universe. And yeah. We just had Robin leave at the beginning and our new Robin is already there rep- to replace him. Yeah, we're moving that fast with it. Next, we've got Superman, Man of Tomorrow. So we've got our next Superman movie with Brainiac as the main villain because I want a villain that Superman can't just punch his way out of. Think of it like Winter Soldier. It's, a, it's more of a movie about the concept and the idea of what's black and what's white. Is there a little bit of gray area? Like how do you stay morally good in this increasingly gray area and Brainiac is a... He's an analytical mind, and Superman is not an analytical mind. He's a punch first, ask questions later. So how do you deal with that? That's what makes Brainiac such an interesting, complex character. So once we have Superman and Brainiac square off. End credits for this. We go to Luther Corp. where Lex Luthor is working on his new doomsday project. Which we'll come back to that. Uh, since we haven't had we had our standalone Superman movie, we need our standalone Batman movie. So we're doing Batman. Death in the Family. We're that doing way. we're doing Death in the Family and we're killing off Jason. However, I want to merge some other stories with it just because I think it's famous for like one moment with Robin dying at the hands of the Joker. But I need a narrative around that. I want that to be the final thing in the movie, like Robin dying, failing, and putting Robin's body in the ground. Basically, that's how it ends. Which leads us to Justice League 2, which will feature, meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom... We're going to have the Legion of Doom, which is going to be comprised, obviously, of uh, Cheetah, Reverse Flash. um, Maybe some, oh, Black Manta, who we introduced in Aquaman. I forgot to say we're going to have Black Manta be a secondary character, just like he was in the Aquaman movie. Uh, Maybe some leftover villains from the World's Finest. So, yeah, we're going to have the Legion of Doom square off against the Justice League. However, Justice League, throughout this movie, will add more members to its roster because I think it's important to flesh out like Justice League Unlimited did. So we're going to add Hawkgirl, Green Arrow, and Zatanna to the Justice League roster and we're going to continue to expand that out as movies progress. So yeah that's where I stand with Justice League 2. I've more or less expanded the universe but we haven't fully blown it up yet and everything was leading towards just like two with the Legion of Doom, and I'm going to continue that with phase three when we get to that.
1: Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. I like um, it a lot. I like it a lot. So uh, I wanted to focus on. Obviously, there's one single end goal, but I need as many people involved with that end goal as possible. So we're starting off phase two with Constantine. Hmm boom i don't really care about what villain or what he's facing i just need him and felix faust yeah let's go felix sure why not but but he needs maybe not clarion yet okay (laughs) but i need him i need constantine to at least like call etrigan up to i don't know clean his dishes or something (laughs) Um, (laughs) tell him a bedtime (laughs) rhyme yeah, I tell him a bedtime ride or something. But I, I just, I would like, it just needs to be a good introduction to Constantine, to the world, the DC world of magic, um, and needs to tell uh, us that Etrigan is a is a thing. <laughs> Next up, I've got Dr. Fate.
0: As a standalone
1: um, movie? As a standalone movie.
0: Oh, I know where you're building towards. That's that's interesting that you're building to that individually.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Kent Nelson will be under the mel- the helm naturally for the first third of the movie.
0: Oh Until crap! Please fails. don't tell me you went the same route that I did.
1: <laughs> Until he fails, and in, in the middle of facing off against Clarion, who gets away, and so Z- 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 Zantara sorry, takes up the mantle of Doctor Fade.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool.
1: Cool. 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 Um, So the rest of the movie will be about him accepting his role, accepting his new powers as well well, as trying to come to an understanding with his daughter about the decision. Um, Who is, for
0: for those at home, Zatara is Zatanna's father, obviously, because naming.
1: Because naming is a thing. Um, I, I want Clarion to get away in the movie in the sense that Maybe he – I don't know how you pull this off, but maybe he kills Kent and then dips, and he's not in the movie the rest of the time. And so you have – so Clarion is not this new Dr. Fate's first villain. Um, that way that when we see Clarion again later, it's uh, got a bit of, a, of, of an emotional response from Dr. Fate. Next up, we got question, The Question and the Dead Man. Um That's an interesting pairing. It is. I want a dark, lethal weapon, buddy cop movie with magic.
0: (laughs) Is Deadman going to be dead going into it, or does Boston die during the movie?
1: Um, I'm okay with either way. I kind of... I almost want to play it as... Because I want a buddy cop. So why not do maybe... Boston dies in the middle of, like, maybe him in question are, like, best friends. What if they're the trying beginning? to solve
0: Boston's murder?
1: Ooh, even better! That's I, on I brand. Let's go! That's on <laughs> brand. It is. Uh, uh just Really? You know. Nothing for that? No, no. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know,
0: Dead Man's real name is Boston Brand.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's pretty great. And he's dead. But I, I think... I like both of these characters a lot, but I don't know if... They're big enough yet to have their own film, and I think they work really well together as a way to bring in again expand the world of 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 magic and of of the dark side of DS of the DC universe. Um, I am going to then hit up Swamp Thing because why not? We need to get we need to get in there. Um, <laughs> who's teaming Phrasing. up? Yeah, who's teaming up with Poison Ivy? That makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. Um, that way, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird, uh, complex thing. Whenever she shows up in Gotham as a villain, because we you and I have both always said she's not really a villain, but she's kind of a villain. But yeah, I want I want to I want to give have that question that we have as as the audience. To already be baked into the to the universe itself, um, I don't. It's Swamp Thing, so he's just gonna fight a corporation, I think. Um, LexCorp. Maybe. Morgan Edge. Maybe. It's a it's Simon a weird Stagg? corporation that seems to um, Cadmus. Just be dumping magical waste into a sw- into a swamp and they there's can't magical waste there is magical waste you have spells and stuff like that and there's always there's always uh, trickle down off of, from that so don't we're, then that we'll use end... trickle
0: down when you're talking about waste
1: <laughs> just I'm just getting a yeah. nasty visual man you could good um, so then we'll end phase two with Justice League Dark. So we bring all these guys together. Of course. It felt like a natural progression. I wanted... Before we get to phase three, I wanted to show that... How big this universe was. Not just with our big guys. Because we're going to need everybody on deck when the time comes. Um, but yeah. Justice League Dark. We'll have Clarion come back. Along with his cat. So him and Dark Dr. Fate can I have a showdown. Um... And we'll leave hints towards the end with Clarion, maybe saying something like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one you really should be worried about. You know, I'm not, you know, you should be really looking over your shoulder. And we'll just end phase two right there.
0: Then, do you want to just go right into your phase three?
1: I got you. I got you, bro. Because this is your well, final.
0: This is your big.
1: Yeah, it's your big climax my, here. My big finale. Um, <laughs> I did realize that I forgot to mention in my first Green Lantern movie, towards the end, I would like nods of color, of being like, hey, there's other there's other colors of lantern, um, not necessarily yellow, but just in general, like, hey, there's other lanterns besides green, because Green Lantern Two, I need I, I can't. I just can't. I need it. I need him to come to come. Um, I need someone in existence around, um, Hal to really try to break his will, to really challenge him physically here, uh, so that he might need to look for more help from the Green Lantern Corps. So by the end of the, I want Atrocitus to basically almost kill Hal. Like, almost, like, I, there's, there's, um, scenes in, uh. Green Lantern Rebirth where Hal loses his ring and so out of his own will he literally forges his own ring I wouldn't mind if you went that far I think if we're gonna bring Hal to legendary status you gotta do stuff like that Um, so maybe by the end he dies, he almost dies he reforges his own ring um, and he's sent help by the core, maybe Sinestro I'd prefer not, but I would really like to bring John in here Hmm. I think just John though, like John Kilowog, uh, and some of the other the other lanterns. Um, I kind of want to save Kyle and Guy and stuff like that for the next generation after Phase Three. Let them have their own stories, so we can have Hal here and kind of separate them a little bit there. Um, um, maybe Atrocitus giving at the end little hints of, again, more hints. That something's something big is coming. That there's, you know, I'm not the only one with with bloodlust in my eyes. Um, I'm making some odd choices here in phase three. Phase three was really hard because I knew what I wanted to build to, but there were so many ways to get there
0: mm. that yeah, I, know the I wanted to
1: be. I wanted to be spe- as careful as I could. Um, and so because of that, I kind of I came up with Constantine 2. Right, almost right. Before off. any of the main leaguers get sequels, which is interesting, and I don't, I, I think partly because there's some other stuff coming down. But I'm, I, I couldn't, I couldn't rationalize giving Wonder Woman another movie yet. I couldn't. Well, Aquaman didn't feel feel like it fit. I have Shazam coming, but again, that's like there's. I'm, I'm not really 100 percent on how leading up to where I want to go, I, I had, like, three or four different versions of Phase 3. Um, this is just the one I decided to put in here. Um, but I had Constantine 2. I want him fighting the internet interdimensional demon um, through which he finds proof of the existence of Apocalypse, the planet. Um, coming up with, with Shazam 2, which, again... It's odd that I'm 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 doing this before a lot of the other ones, but I am I, I think he deserves it. Uh, I've got him fighting Mr. My Mr. Mind, and it takes the whole Shazamly to, to, to finally beat him. Um, again, I wanna kind of lay heavy onto the theme that sometimes there's just threats we all have to band together to fight, no matter what our differences. Um Mr. Mind t- tells tells them of a planet that that only breeds for war. And this is where I have my version of world's finest.
0: Cool, cool, cool. B-
1: between Superman and Batman, have I, I really liked? Uh, I came also came up with the the, the Roz and and Lex. Really, it made, more, <laughs> it made more sense to me than what what the movie does. Um, I really. I kind of want them, I'd be to, I want Lex to just be paying people off. So maybe you, you have some heroes that are kind of already on the edge anyway, but because Lex is paying them, they're going after Batman and Superman, um, framing, framing them for something until they can prove their innocence. Uh, make it so that the world's already not trusting them going into justice league apocalypse where we have the, com- the coming of dark side coming to earth um, and by the end of Justice League Apocalypse, we have everybody that we've seen so far, side characters, um, main, main heroes, sidekicks, they're all there fighting the army of Darkseid, but they're losing. And so Barry is forced to try to run as fast as he can to hopefully have a chance In the final movie of Phase Three, which I've dubbed the Justice Paradox.
0: Ooh, I like that. That's a good time. I was
1: like, I was like, ooh, that's nice. Um, so we have Barry running back in time to try to warn people to try to get a different outcome than, uh, than than what happens in Apocalypse, where literally everybody's being killed. Um, So
0: Infinity War. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. unfortunately and unfortunately i didn't realize it until i was rereading everything before we went live and was like oh no
0: or, oh no or you're getting a little bit of Zack um, snyder's influence basically in there
1: justice league endgame
0: or or what Zack uh, snyder a was bit, <laughs> oh, a little bit but a little bit
1: yeah a little bit i think but i like the idea of that this is the first time that barry realizes he can time travel from running like he was it was one of those like i always had this theory that i could because of how fast i could run blah 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 but this is the first time he does it so that hey if i can go back and save my friends and potentially save the planet by the you know by the end of the movie he's asking himself what if i could go back and save my mom and i and just, you know, by the end of the I, – I don't re- – obviously, I don't want Darkseid to be dead by the end of the movie. Um, I think there's too much mileage in that. I, w- I am wary of Darkseid being the, the gimme of, hey, it's kind of like how Marvel used to be in the comics where, like, something bad would happen. And he'd be like, hey, hey, it's Skrulls. And I'm like, I don't want it to be always going back to Darkseid. So while I don't want him dead, I do want him, like, thoroughly defeated. Hmm. And we'll just kind of end, end there on a as good a note as we can.
0: I like it. I like it. So then it's kind of like resetting the universe, right? Basically. basically.
1: Basically. So then everybody coming out of this is still the people that went through everything, but they've been able to go back and make certain choices that might make them stronger in the end. Hmm.
0: Cool, cool. So now let me take it into my home stretch, my last uh, two phases, because, like I said, I have four phases. And mm-hmm. I think from this point on is when I'm going to start to make Josh really, really happy. Um, Probably. So I, for my mindset, like after big events, I want to do some cooldowns. So that's going to be in both phase three and phase four, as you'll see. So after Justice League 2, in which case um, they've just defeated the Legion of Doom, I'm gonna have. Josh will be happy about this. Harley and Ivy, they get their Yay. own. They get their own standalone movie with the villains being Penguin and Two Face. They could be. This story could be a lot of different things. Uh, but I just think that pairing is really, really strong, especially after watching the Harley Quinn anime series. Yeah. Um, it's a different, not necessarily no stakes, but definitely much lesser stakes than Justice League versus the Legion of Doom. Like a, a breather. Because we're going to need it before things get really, really dark. And things really, really will. But again, before things get too dark, our next movie is Shazam! And we're going to keep a lot of what happened with uh, uh, David F. Sandberg's movie. Because I really, really love the Shazam movie. So we're going to keep most of it. However superman's gonna have a much more prominent role in this movie he's gonna be more like tony stark in spider-man homecoming of this is still a shazam movie but superman will be there to basically console and guide a young billy batson in the ways he should go um yeah but it's gonna be very very similar to the original movie just with more superman in it which is gonna be important because the next one i want josh to be here for this come on josh you're not gonna want to miss anything. Okay. So the next one is, I need Superman and Shazam because the next movie is Superman Doom, Atta the boy. the first and only R-rated movie in my DC universe because oh, I think it it fits and it needs to be. Why? Because obviously with a name like this, this is the death of Superman here. Um, so. The movie begins with Clark and Lois getting married, so they're on happy terms. But the doomsday creature that Lex has created, that he is his. Lex's plan is I'm going to create this doomsday monster that's going to kill Superman, but because I control him, I'll be able to stop him, and the city will finally see me as the hero that I truly am. Obviously, that doesn't go right, and. Um, Doomsday breaks out and just causes massive havoc. If we want, we can maybe have Doomsday kill some lesser-known heroes, like maybe like Plastic Man or Mr. Terrific, like not like high-tier, but show that he's not to be messed with. And up until this point, Superman has not faced a threat like Doomsday, so he's getting his butt kicked, and he actually has to tap into that unbridled rage that he has. This is the first time that he's actually able to unleash for the first time basically, and just go ham on dark side not dark side on doomsday he just ruins doomsday's day but in the process obviously superman is going to get beaten to death by doomsday he stops doomsday in the process, he dies. I don't want it to be a simple just stab in the gut like Batman versus Superman. I think that was really, really a cop-out of just, hey, you got stabbed once, now you're dead. No, I want the life to slowly drain out of Superman. I want this to be painful and agonizing to watch. I want people to question, <laughs> is this is going to be the first time that Superman doesn't make it home? Because everyone always complains that he's overpowered. Well, what if you've got somebody that's just wailing on Superman? So, unfortunately... He does eventually die. And unlike Batman vs Superman, I want the whole Justice League to be there. I want this big, huge funeral for him. I want all the leaguers there. And then I want Clark to have his own small funeral uh, to contrast the two personalities. And here's the big difference. Superman is going to stay dead for quite a long time. But his presence is going to be felt. And that theme of death is still going to resonate a lot for Phase 3. Um his Superman's death causes a rift not just in our uh planet but in the entire universe, as we'll see in the next movie Lantern wars,
1: yeah,
0: which is basically all the different lantern colors are at war against each other, trying to assert dominance in the universe as it's basically I a free for all now after I the death you. of Superman like it's like cops yeah, right. working overtime with green lanterns basically um. So you can have all of them, like, maybe yellow and reds teaming up before they turn on each other. We get the introductions of the blue lanterns, which are obviously the best. Um, <laughs> okay. Have some, some of the orange lanterns, the violet lanterns. Yeah, I I want all the lanterns core to be introduced so we can have them and use them later. And I think the Death of Superman will obviously catapult that as the universe is going, Oh, everything's up for grabs now as the strongest man in the universe is now gone. Um, but before... Lantern Wars ends. We have an NTS tease for the arrival of the Black Lanterns. The only Lantern Corps that wasn't involved in this fight. We're going to save them for a later date. Back home on Earth, Batman is coping with death in a big way. Not just with Jason, who we lost in the last Batman movie and our Death in the Family movie, but now he's mourning the loss of his friend Superman. And because it's Batman, he's supremely in denial about death. He doesn't think Superman's dead. uh, He doesn't believe Jason's dead. And he has good reason to, because this movie, Batman Nightmare, obviously with a K, because why not, is our adaptation of the Under the Red Hood storyline. So Batman's greatest failure in Jason has come back to life now nice. to just ruin his day and now he's emotionally weakened because he's just lost jason and lost superman so he's not emotionally prepared to deal with this so i think that just makes it so much worse and speaking of emotionally unprepared we've got aquaman sea of fire in which case mm-hmm. yeah i know right
1: <laughs> i a, like that
0: yeah you're gonna like this more we're gonna kill mara
1: yeah finally yeah we're gonna oh, kill no, mara that's terrible Oh, we're going to kill
0: Mera, which obviously is not good for Aquaman, who, again, we're close to a Superman. He's dealing with death. And now one of his close friends and love interest in Mera dies. And so he goes on an unbridled rage. Maybe he's fighting somebody. I'm not sure who we want to put in. We already used Orm in the first Aquaman because we based off the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, maybe we bring back Orm. He's pissed. And somehow in the movie, just, again, fan y Aquaman's going to lose his hand because... That's just what you need to do. But obviously, Aquaman is pissed and not in the best emotional state going forward in the universe. Next, we've got The Flash. Lightning strikes twice. Now, I've already pitched this idea in another podcast episode. Um, It's The Flash with the main villains being Godspeed and Gorilla Grodd. (laughs)
1: Let's go, baby. However,
0: Barry is at least going to have some help. With Jay Garrick, who we introduced in the last... um, Did we introduce... Yeah, Jay Garrick was in... If I didn't say it, Jay Garrick was introduced in the last one with Wally West. So Jay Garrick and Barry are going to be dealing with Godspeed as the speed element. That is a guy that can be in two places at once because he's that fast. And Gorilla Grodd, who's the sheer muscle. So the two of them versus the two of those guys. But unfortunately, as we're seeing as a recurring trend here... Jay Garrick will not survive this movie and dies at the hands of Gorilla Grodd. Not Godspeed, because I just think that's too easy there. So Jay Garrick is gone. Barry has now lost Superman. He's now lost Jay Garrick. Um, But, again, Godspeed and Gorilla Grodd can be stored away for a later date after they're defeated. Then, last one, before Justice League, we've got Justice League Dark, just for Josh. And this team will consist of... Zatanna, Constantine, Edrigan, Deadman, Swamp Thing, and Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate. Okay. And so their main villains are going to be Clarion and Felix Faust. Um, they can be whatever interesting um, magical issues are going on there. Um, much smaller scale before we have to ramp it up for Justice League 3. The N.T.'s is something to the effect of you don't know which magic exists in this realm. And we won't know what that means for a little bit, at least for this phase, which leads us to our final film of phase three, justice league three dark side, seeing that the Kryptonian protector Superman is gone and dead and that the team is missing quite a few of its members decides this is the time we must attack earth. And he is Mm -hmm. absolutely wreaking havoc He's basically dominating the entire Earth, and Darkseid would take over had we not gotten the resurrection of Superman. Here's where Superman comes back halfway through, of course, sporting his black and silver regeneration suit that he sees in the comics and in the movies. However,
1: question, mullet or no mullet?
0: Sure, mullet, why not?
1: Yeah, beard.
0: Or sure, why not? Because Henry Cavill he can pull is. off a beard. He can pull it yep. off. Why not? <laughs> Which Oh, that can play even more into my story narrative later. Um, however, we get Superman to come back to life. And he's able to... He basically brings hope back to his team. And they're able to repel Darkseid and kick him back to Apocalypse for good. However, Superman was not able to come back in time. And we lost even more leaguers because of the power of Darkseid. So... We're going to kill off Martian Manhunter, Hawk Girl, Killawog, Wally West, Edrigan, Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate, and Poison Ivy. Everyone is getting killed off in this one, basically. So, I also purposely picked all those people because I want at least one person from every team to suffer a loss somewhere. That's fair. So, like also, it. without Kent Nelson's Dr. Fate around... We're going to have Zatanna don the helmet. We're going to have Zatanna. Z- Zatanna. Z- Zatanna. Not Zatara. Zatanna. Interesting. I think okay. that's much more emotionally interesting. Maybe Constantine can tell her not to do it, but she's aware of the responsibilities. So she hmm. is our new Doctor Fate. And one last thing before we move on. While they were able to win the day and finally defeat Darkseid, Superman... Even though it was not his fault because he was dead, he feels guilty that he was not revived in time to make sure that his teammates didn't die. So he's actually going to stay in the black and silver suit for a while as a sign of mourning. I think that would be an interesting emotional place to put him in. So that's the end of phase three. So we're going to ramp things up for our final phase here, phase four. And like I did with the beginning of phase three, I need a cool down movie because we've we've had this big, huge epic with a lot of stakes and a lot of dead people. We need a cooldown down movie. So we're going with Arrow and Canary. In which Yay! case, Green Arrow and Black Canary get stuck in Rev Prison with a whole bunch of people and other uh, prisoners and inmates, basically lower-level criminals, that maybe are, they've put away so we can have a whole bunch of fun cameos of lesser-known villains all trying to get basically a green arrow and black canary it'll be a very much like the raid for dc basically a much more contained mm-hmm. focused um straightforward story basically uh, so once they have escaped we get an end credits with amanda waller recruiting some of the inmates for reduced nice. prison sentences which will lead us to the suicide squad i wanted to have it but it had to make sense so like We said in Arrow and Canary, Amanda Waller will be recruiting certain inmates from Rev Prison to basically say, hey, we lost a whole bunch of Justice Leaguers last time Darkseid was here, and we lost a whole bunch of people before that. The world needs heroes, and you're the best we can do right now, so I need you to go on this special mission. And these people are Harley Quinn, who after the death of Poison Ivy, really has felt aimless, so she's like, sure, I'll do this, maybe I can die, then I can join Harley, Uh, maybe I can join Poison Ivy then. So we got Harley Quinn, King Shark, because of course, Killer Frost, Polka Dot Man, Captain Boomerang, Calendar Man, and Deadshot. So I don't know what their suicide mission would be, but I I think Suicide Squad now especially of, okay, we literally have lost a whole bunch of our heroes. You're the best we can do right now. I think logically that makes sense. Next up, we've got Shazam, Return of Black Adam. So obviously as the title suggests... Black Adam is here, and he's pissed. But so is Shazam, who more so than anybody else in the Justice League was hit hardest by the death of Superman, who he saw basically as his father figure because he doesn't really have a dad. So he was kind of looking up to him like no one was before. So that's more or less our Shazam sequel. Then we've got Titans, Hell's Fury, which okay. is the title. Dragon. Is, yep. Trigon. <laughs> and as is a trend right now for faces um, three and four, the team is in mourning. They're mourning the loss of Wally West, who died in Justice League 3. But thankfully, the team has grown in its ranks. They've added Raven, Starfire, and Aqualad to the team. So it's a little bit bigger. Um, also,
1: we're going full Young Justice. Got it. Yeah, they're both They've
0: both, both been on Teen Titans. Uh, but they're also uh, Titans, not Teen Titans anymore. Sure. Uh, with Trigon is our main villain who um, obviously by the end of the movie they defeat Trigon but Trigon warns of other demonic threats incoming and he's not the biggest thing to fear in the universe with Raven seeing a vision of a black ring which leads us to our next movie
1: no way okay (laughs) which leads us to our
0: next movie Blackest Night and here's where where I make Josh here's where I make Josh (laughs) Really, really happy. Because I think I may have actually made some tweaks to the comic that I think Josh will like even more. So, for those that don't know, Blackest Night is a storyline which we're going to adapt here. Where basically, there's a Lantern core called the Black Lanterns that are fueled by death, basically. So, a guy that had the first Black Lantern and killed himself to make himself even stronger. So, he's fueled by death. And they're almost the most powerful Lantern core in the universe. So, seeing... Um, that the Justice League is depleted, the Earth's protectors are weakened, and due to the effects of the Lantern War that we talked about in last phase, the Lanterns are spread way too thin across the galaxy, of all color spectrums, and they're at odds with each other. So the Black Lanterns are going, this, this is the time to strike. So they launch their attack on Earth, and Earth is basically without any of its major defenders anymore, except for the core members of the Justice League. So with their backs against the wall, they're With their backs against the wall... The Justice League... Has to form... Emergency power rings... Just like they do in the comic... Which in worst case scenario... One ring of every color spectrum... Can go to somebody... And here's where we're going to deviate from the comic... And I'm actually amazed they didn't do this... In the actual comic... Because it just makes so much sense... Each ring... Goes to a different Justice Leaguer... The yellow ring of fear... Goes to Batman... The red ring of rage... Goes to Aquaman. Who remember is still filled with rage over the death of Mera. The indigo ring of compassion goes to Wonder Woman. The violet ring of love goes to Flash. For his compassion and love for Iris back home. But most importantly. Still the most biggest missed opportunity in Black Knight comic. The blue ring of hope. Goes to Superman. Because he's the beacon of hope in the DC Universe. Which After this, because of the blue blue lantern ring, Superman will no longer be wearing the black and silver suit. He will return to the red and the blue because hope has returned. And he has found his hope again because the lantern sought him out when he didn't think he was worthy. Just like Thor with the hammer in Endgame, Superman will have the blue lantern and go, okay, I am still the beacon of hope. So... They are able to repel the Black Lanterns for a little bit with all their combined powers that they now have with the Lantern Ring. They think they have the offensive, but no, it's still not enough. They have one last play up their sleeve. If you combine all the colors, you create a White Lantern. Now, Josh, I don't have anybody specifically wielding the White Lantern, so if you really, really want, I'll let it be Kyle, just for you. Yeah. <laughs> so what the White Lantern Ring can do is bring people back from the dead. So now you know why we've killed so many people in phase three and phase four. Because when all hope seems lost, we can have Kyle, our wielder of the White Lantern, go, I command you all, live. So we get back.
1: On your left. (laughs) Jay Garrick, (laughs) Kilowog,
0: Wally West, Mara, everyone that has died in the entire universe, heroes, villains, they all return to aid the heroes once again, we bring everybody back to life for good, and with that combined effort, they're able to defeat the Black Lanterns. And this is just my Civil War event, not my Infinity War event. I'm just going, this Blackest Night is a big deal, and I think this could be a really, really awesome story if told correctly. So, yeah, we get all we get the main Justice Leaguers to wield Power Rings, we bring everybody back from the dead that we spent so much time reinforcing the death matters here we get superman back to the way he was so more or less stable or so we think we've got one more big event to get through but like i said after a big event i like a cool down and since we're kind of closing out our narrative here i kind of want to do one last like like kind of like a farewell tour for some of our iconic characters which is why i'm going with dc's trinity A movie about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman doing a mission together, basically. Because this is the last real big time that they'll have one together. And you'll see why. But I'll have our villains be Bizarro, Maxwell Lord, and Bane. So basically... Or we can throw some other side characters in there, too. Uh, I just want the three of them. Because they're the most prominent. And I want them to basically have one big story by themselves. Before we kind of move on to our goodbye slash sh- start to an even bigger story um so at the end a stranger comes to them in the Justice League watchtower warning them of a coming threat to the multiverse and that's that's where we cut Trinity and our last standalone movie it's been long enough we're finally gonna bring him in the Justice Society of America now for those okay. that don't know that's like the OG Justice League. And that will include Jay Garrick, with a little bit of a twist, but I can't say what it is yet. Jay Garrick, Alan Scott Green Lantern, Atom Smasher, Hawkman, Power Girl, and Star Girl. So basically these are like the old school um, Justice Leaguers before there even was a Justice League. So our main villain will be Vandal Savage, who is an immortal that's lived for thousands of years and is always set on world domination towards the end of the movie, Jay will be running in the Speed Force, and he'll see Barry Allen flash, but he doesn't recognize this flash. Who tells? And this flash will tell him that the multiverse needs saving. But, our biggest plot twist is, this movie is not set in the past or a prequel. It was secretly an elseworld story this entire time. We've set up the multiverse now, as at the end... Our Justice League, our Trinity that we saw in the last movie will come to them saying, we need your help. As our final movie is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Nice. And that Justice Society we think is a flashback. But no, the reason Jay Garrick might be a little bit different is he's not the Jay Garrick we know. So Crisis on Infinite Earths is every DC project that has ever been existing or will ever come out is all under one big banner. One banner. Big multiverse. So, everyone is fair game to come back for this movie. Whether it is Brandon Ralph's Superman from Superman Returns, Michael Keaton's Batman, somebody from the Titans TV series, it is all fair game. And we're trying to get as many people back for this movie as we possibly can because the anti monitor is coming and he's going to try and destroy the multiverse. And we're going to need all hands on deck. So I want to end with Crisis on Infinite Earths because I think it could either definitively close the door in this universe or if they go with any more movies going forward, they could just be like, well, it all exists in the same banner. This just takes place on a different Earth. You literally just, for the rest of time, everything's under this, this banner. You can just say it's all connected and then you can kind of connect it however you want going forward. That's the point of a multiverse. <laughs> however, like Crisis on Infinite Earths, goes you're gonna need to make some sacrifices and so in order to save the multiverse barry hops on the cosmic treadmill and speeds into nothingness unfortunately to save the multiverse making wally west come back from the dead the new flash going forward maybe his mission is to bring back barry allen from the speed force or like a search for spock and find out what happened to barry so yeah going forward basically You can either cut this off now and reboot your universe, or you can just say everything that has happened or everything that will happen is all connected just very, very loosely in a vast multiverse, so to speak, making every DC project that's ever happened canon to some extent, basically. So yeah, when I said it had a definitive ending, kind of, that is. This could either be the ending or the start of something really, really big.
1: Alright. Well, dang, old dang, man. We got two separate, you know, bookings. I think both are pretty solid. I, I, obviously, the fan service is a little stronger in yours.
0: (laughs) We expect nothing less, Josh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't expect nothing less at all. Uh, I'm always down for a Blackest Night, and I think that's why I strayed. I didn't do, I didn't lean into it, because I knew that it was too obvious for Josh.
0: <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, just a
1: little bit.
0: But well, what do you guys think? What are some? If you were in charge of DC, how would you make the DC universe? Let us know. Always like hearing from you guys. Well, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. Well, it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on YouTube, again, we're only 25 subscribers away on YouTube, so help us get to 500 because you're amazing. Um, and as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.